0: Joseph now was taken to Egypt and sold as a slave. I'm sure you're familiar with the story. He was sold into the house of Potiphar and very soon was in charge of Potiphar's home. Ran all of his business and put him in a position that he had to interact and deal with Potiphar's wife. Obviously not a good woman and she tried to seduce him she came after him and now he's really in a bad spot because he wants to keep his integrity he turns and runs for he doesn't want to uh, violate the trust that's been put in him uh, given to him by his uh, owner now and he runs from Potiphar's wife she lies about him and he's thrown in prison he's thrown in prison and to be quite honest with you there's not A lot of chance that he's ever going to come out of there alive. The reason is he's a slave in a foreign land. No one to advocate for him. It wasn't like he could go hire a lawyer. His dad thought he was dead. He wasn't going to pay for it. There was nobody to take up Joseph's cause. You would think Joseph is at rock bottom. I think Joseph was at rock bottom. Other than losing his life, it couldn't get a lot worse than it is. You've been robbed of what your father gave you. You've been thrown in a pit, sold by your brothers, sold by slave owners, and now accused of something you didn't do and thrown in prison. Pretty good time to start feeling sorry for yourself. And many of us, when we find ourselves in those positions, do. Many of us sat down, give up. I quit. And Joseph could have laid in his prison cell, chained to the wall, whatever it was till his life dwindled away and not lasted long. But Joseph, God had put something in him and Joseph was an industrious man. And next thing you know, he's in charge of the prison. Now it's not like his life is great because he still lives in the prison. He doesn't get to roam the streets and enjoy life. He's just in charge of all the other prisoners. And by the way, as we read the story, you see in here that he deals with two of Pharaoh's household. But it wasn't just two of Pharaoh's household that was in this prison. You're dealing with murderers, thieves, the dregs of society. That's who he was dealing with. He could have been killed on any day. He's with the worst of society. And so as he continues to work, he continues to do the job that he's been given, not knowing what the future is, assuming that the future is death for him at some point in time, inside the walls of a prison. Along come the two men out of Pharaoh's house. They start having dreams, and God gives him Discernment to interpret the dreams. One of them is killed as he had interpreted, the other one restored back into Pharaoh's house. And you would think, okay, things are looking up now. He's been able to help somebody, somebody will help him. And two years pass, nothing changes. Nothing changes. You need to understand. That when Joseph reaches the height of his glory, God was God's hands was on, hand was on him the same when he was in the prison going through the worst of it as it was when he was at Pharaoh's side. God was preparing him. God was taking care of him. And at this point in time, Joseph had no idea. I can't tell you that Joseph was never never bitter. It's just not recorded. It shows that in spite of his Maybe possible anger. I don't know. Complete speculation. The Bible doesn't share that with us. But whatever it was, he continued to do the right thing. I can only imagine he'd be a little angry at what had been done to him. But he continued to do what needed to be done. God preparing him along the way. Have you ever had someone do something evil, vile? Maybe it was in your childhood. Do it to you. Uh, Maybe it's in your adult life. Whatever that might be. Have you ever had that? I suspect if I went up and down each and every aisle, each and every pew, every one of us have had someone mistreat us, misuse us. Several years ago, I was working in a, uh, a company, and suddenly one day for no reason that I could see, was just laid off. And I wasn't the only one. There were others that were laid off. We were gone, suddenly out on the street. God miraculously supplied. He brought work. Uh, Construction work is something I know nothing about. And yet he supplied, and I was able to do some construction work for a short time. I still have all my fingers and all my toes. It's surprising (laughs) I am not a carpenter. But the fact is, God miraculously supplied for a few weeks. And then in the gym one day, I met a man who owned a company. And this man began to talk about his business. He had asked for a spot or something, and, and we were uh, just con- conversing. And before it o- was over with, in the matter of a few minutes, probably less than an hour, This guy had essentially asked me to come and interview at his company to take over a part of the company. I went, did the interview, it was more or less a formality, um, and begin the business, begin the job. They gave, it was making more money than I had made before, and a few weeks in, was given a substantial raise. We were turning things around, we were getting things going, it was kind of a startup. Six months into this, one day I walk in, and I'm fired. I wasn't laid off. I was fired, told to leave. And I left there confused. And then I began to get angry. What in the world? God, you supplied this. They were giving me raises. We're doing great things. And all of a sudden, bam, you're fired and out the door. This has happened twice now in six months. You kind of begin to question yourself and try to look at yourself. And even though I analyzed both situations, I knew I had done nothing wrong. But here I am on the street, trying to figure out what to do. What really upset me was how it affected my family. You see, I had a daughter who is a diabetic. And I don't know if you've had to try to buy insulin without insurance, but it's a few thousand dollars a month. I didn't have it. And here we are scrambling, trying to figure out what to do. I was angry. I become upset. I begin to become bitter. More so than I even realized. It was brought to a head for me one day, um, something I don't do a lot of, but I was in the mall and I had gone into a store. And I don't remember what the conversation was, I don't remember why, I just remember that there was a young lady behind the counter and she told me something that I didn't like and I thought it was wrong. And in that state of bitterness, angry about what had been done to me, I didn't physically make a move, I didn't do anything, but the look that went across my face caused that young lady to stagger backwards, throw her hands up, bump against the wall behind her. I took a deep breath, I paid, and I walked out. And walking down the hall, the aisleway there in the mall, I began to cry out to God, help me. That is not who I am, and I would never do that to someone. I have a young daughter Close to her age, I I wouldn't want someone to treat her that way. I would never treat someone that way. What is wrong with me? And I began to pray and to cry out to God. I was brokenhearted. I've often wished I could find that young lady and apologize to her. But the fact is, what was done was done. As I walked away from there, I began to cry out to God. God, help me. God, that is not who I am, nor do I want to be that way. I refuse to live like that and to be that person. I realized that bitterness had come into me. I was angry over the way I had been treated. And as God is faithful, He took me where I needed to go, led me right to a scripture, that address the problem and begin to work on me. And I want to share it with you. In Romans 12, verses 19 and 21, a familiar passage, he says, beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. In an instant, I had realized as I walked out of that store that I was capable of things that I would never want to do. In and of myself, without the grace of God, without him working on me, that I could and was capable of doing things that I would never want to do. And each and every one of us can be in the same situation. I am not alone in that I know. God led me to this scripture. I began to pray. I began to get on my knees. I began to pray for those that had mistreated me. And this doesn't always happen. God supplied me with another position that paid more than the previous two had. And he has to date taken care of me and my family in ways that are miraculous. I want to tell you that. When I got on my knees and began to ask forgiveness, God began to work. But he didn't just do that. He said, vengeance is mine. And I don't wish this on anybody. In fact, I prayed for these people. I contacted them and told them that I loved them and I was praying for them. But within a few months' time, what came to light... Why I had been mistreated the way I had been was the owners of the company, there was multiple, were involved in illicit sexual relations with each other. And it was exposed in a way that it affected me. There were people involved in the company who were trying to get me to steal from the company when I first came through the doors. And they were fired from the company for having done those things. They continued them on once they were able to lie about me and get me out of the way. And that stuff began to be exposed. And listen, I'm not even sure that this ties to me, but it happened. The owner of the company's teenage son was killed in an ATV accident within three three months. And all I know is this. God began to do a work in me. All of the other was on Him. I had to learn to step away, to not defend myself and to allow God to handle it. And boy, does He handle things. Listen, He doesn't always do it like that. But the fact is, when we're mistreated, we have to give forgiveness. I had to forgive those people, and it did me more good than it ever did them. Because God did a work in my heart. I want you to know this morning, that I continued down the path that I was headed that morning when I walked out of that store. If I continued down that path, I wouldn't be standing in front of you this morning. I know that for a fact. Because I wasn't going in a good direction. I didn't realize where I had gotten to. And through that, God was able to get a hold of me, turn my attitude around. And I began to watch God work, and He has worked in miraculous ways in my life, in my family's life uh, to date. And I know that at that one point, it was tight. It's not all those, it's multiples. It's a choice every day as to how we react and how we do things. But the fact is, I wouldn't be standing here today if God hadn't got a hold of me, if he hadn't shook me, if I hadn't realized that God needed to do a work and allowed him to do that and begin to turn it over to him. Imagine, in that small matter, what Joseph must have felt like and what he was dealing with, you see, you fast forward and he did get out of prison. Pharaoh had dreams about the fat and the skinny cows, the fat cows, the skinny cows, and go read the story if you don't know what I'm talking about I'm sure you do though love the story. you ought to read it again anyway. everybody ought to read it' it's, it's good to it's good for us, but the fact is that he interpreted these dreams for Pharaoh. And next thing you know, Pharaoh has him taking care of everything. He, because of Joseph, and I want you to get this, because of Joseph being faithful, not knowing what the outcome was. We read the story and it's like, okay, well, we know what's going to happen next. Joseph didn't. As far as Joseph knew, he was going to die in that prison. And yet he did the right thing. What's he do? He finds himself at Pharaoh's side. And what does God do with him? He uses him to save his own family's lives, but not just his family. Because Joseph was faithful, he used him to save an entire country and really a region because it wasn't just the country of Egypt that was fed because of what Joseph did during the famine think about this why would God save the Egyptians they have been nothing but a thorn in the side of Israelites ever since during that why would God save them why would he use Joseph to save them the same reason that he didn't take you out before you were saved he was having mercy on them He was giving the Egyptians an opportunity, a chance to change. It's kind of like when uh, Jonah was spit out by the whale and finally went to Nineveh. And the whole city changed, turned from their ways, and God pulled back his, his wrath. He was literally having mercy on the Egyptians. And let me tell you something. Some of those people that are misusing you and you wonder why, here's why. He's put you in their life to give them an opportunity to have mercy on it. That's what forgiveness is about. That's why it's important that we don't hold these things against people. The forgiveness is more important in our lives, but it's also God having mercy on them. Because you may be the very person that God turns and sends back into that person's life in order to save them. You may be their opportunity Don't fail it and don't miss it. Forgiveness is important. If people misuse you, get on your knees. Turn it to God. When it doesn't make sense, that's okay. Trust. This is where you begin to learn to trust God. Forgive. Don't avenge yourself. Christians, we have a powerful, powerful weapon. You get on your knees and begin to pray. God knows. God knows all. He has a plan, it's working if we'll allow him to do it in our lives. Why was it important to forgive others? Why was it important that Joseph forgave others? You fast forward through that story and he did save a country, saved his family, was able to bring them. You know, had Joseph, the father that he loved, had Joseph been bitter and ugly and mean, he would have never been put in the situation to be able to see his father again. Not only did he see him, he brought him, lived with him, and was near him until his death. But his father did die. And in Genesis 50, verses 15 through 21, it says this, When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to Him. I know that I'm not the only one that ever remembers the horrible things that I did before I was saved. You see, God has a sea of forgetfulness. And when we ask for forgiveness and accept Him as our Savior, He just takes all that stuff and puts it in the sea of His forgetfulness. Never to be remembered against us again. But the devil is a fisherman. And he'll try to drag that old stuff up out of there right in front of you. I know. I've experienced it. It'd be standing on a job site working and suddenly just where did that come from? I suddenly remember shamefully some of the things that I did. And here's what I found out works. The devil can't stay where the name of Jesus is praised. And you don't want to hear me sing, but I can sing in my head. And I would begin to sing, Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, the old hymn. And I would just sing that over and over. And before you know it, man, the devil, he's got to flee. He can't stay where the name of Jesus is being praised. Joseph's brothers, suddenly remembered. They were concerned. They were worried. Even though they'd been given forgiveness by Joseph, they were worried about what Joseph was going to do to them. And the 16th verse says, So they sent a message to Joseph saying, Your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, Please forgive the transgressions of your brothers. He would already done this. But he's asking, Please forgive the transgressions of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgressions of the servants of God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came. I wonder when this happened, if they remembered the dreams. The, his brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for I, I in the, for." Am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. What you meant evil against me, God meant for good. Are you willing to look at your situation and realize that God means it for good? I've dealt with people in the recent past that say, how could a good God let this happen? The way He lets it happen is out of His mercy. Giving someone one more chance. And you may be that one more chance. Very important that we forgive and allow God to handle the situation. As a Christian, probably one of the toughest things we'll do is allow God to handle the situation because we just want to go handle it. We just want to go take care of it. I know that's what I wanted to do. Man, I had some thoughts about how I could handle the situation. But I let God handle it, and we have to let God handle our situations. Here's what Jesus had to say about it. Man, when you can get words from Jesus, I think you can't get a better, uh, a better uh, uh, someone to tell you what to do. Here's what he said in Luke chapter 6, verses 27 and 28. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who abuse you. Let me tell you something. I know it because I've done it. You can't hate someone that you're praying for. I'm not talking about praying for vengeance, okay? You can hate that person. I'm not sure God's listening to that prayer. But if you're praying for someone, you can't hate them. It's impossible. I promise you, God will handle it. Love our enemies. Why? Why do we have to forgive someone? Why do we have to forgive people? Jesus said, what, 70 times 7 and more than that if needed? Why do we have to? Why is it so important that as a Christian we forgive others? Well, take a look in the mirror. If you're a Christian, what has God forgiven you? What has God forgiven in your life? Where would you be Without forgiveness, where would you be if God had given you what you deserved, what He should have given you? I know I would not be here today and we'd have an empty room. Forgiveness, forgiven by God. He said in Isaiah 43, verses 24 and 25, You have not bought me sweet cane with money or satisfied me with the fat of your sacrifices. But you have burdened me with your sins. You have wearied me with your iniquities. Sounds like somebody that's kind of tired of putting up with the mess, right? You ever had somebody like you, just tired of putting up with them? That's what I hear right here. But then he goes on in verse 25 and says, "I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. That's why he gave Jesus. That's why Jesus came, hang on, hung on a cross to pay for each and every one of our sins. He didn't want any of us to miss, everyone to have the same opportunity. That's why Egypt was saved, for one more opportunity. That's why the person in your life hasn't been taken out. Why? Because you've been put there to give them one more opportunity. It's not about what we're suffering through. It's where we're going. It's our hope. Listen, if you're not dealing with it today, you will tomorrow. Hopefully nobody's mistreating you, but if they haven't, they will soon enough. There's something coming. In John, uh, the first John uh, chapter 1 and verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's about cleansing us, being covered by the blood of Jesus. That's why that we can even be seen by God. Chris, if you would, go ahead and come. In 1 John uh, chapter 2 and verse 12 says, I am writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for His name's sake. You understand that Jesus died to take the sins of the world. Nothing you or I have ever done made us worthy of having our sins forgiven. Our sins were forgiven because Jesus died for us. And now He has offered forgiveness, freely given. In 2 Peter The third chapter in the ninth verse, the Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness. Listen, when you think God's not moving fast enough, He's right on time. When He appears to be too late, He's just getting started. He's coming. Be Be patient. Uh, it says to count slowness, but is patient towards you. God is patient towards us, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Once again, talking about that, giving one more opportunity, one more chance. Ephesians chapter one and verse seven says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace if you would stand all over the room this morning. Forgiveness, freely given, it's available. If you're here this morning and you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your savior, there's no reason for you to leave this morning. Today's your day. Jesus offers forgiveness. Listen, if you're a Christian here this morning and you're struggling through a situation, You're struggling with forgiveness. Maybe it's something that happened years ago, something out of your control, but you've struggled with it. Giving forgiveness will do you more good than it'll ever do the person you'll give it to. But it's vitally important that you do it.